that was going to rob me of my peace. But God revealed to me that they never gave me the peace, so how can they take my peace away? And so I wanted to look in Galatians 1, and I might even read the whole thing just because, again, we're going to fill in time again because I could just give you the point now, and then we could go home. But it would be great if we just stayed here for another hour. No amens. One nervous laugh and no amens. And wow. <laughs> wow. It was very nervous. It was very nervous. Ooh, is he serious? I could be. Galatians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ. I love the humbleness of Apostle Paul. This is actually humility, by the way. This is not arrogance. Paul, an apostle, apostle. An apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ the God and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. I'm just going to keep reading. You've only got the first verse. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. If you want to hear the gospel tonight, there it is right there. Peace from God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. Age, you've been delivered. Amen. Cool. Three amens. According to the will of God and Father, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. There's only one gospel. Amen. Come on, there's only one. There's no different ones. There's only one gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven should, pre should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For, I am, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. The fear of man Man's approval, man's pleasing needs to die in our lives for us to actually serve God in a healthy way. It'll cause you to buckle in conviction. It'll cause you to buckle on how you live your life. You'll begin to mold it and shape it due to social media or popular, popular opinion. You won't actually live wholeheartedly for Christ because you're worried about what people will think if you live the way the Bible asks you to think. Because I don't know if you've noticed it, but living according to the Bible is very, it used to be like, a little different, it's very different in the world we live in right now. It's, it's really different. So if you want to seek men and, and, and please people, you're going to find it really hard to live biblically. Amen? For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. This is incredible. Paul didn't get a gospel from the other apostles. He actually got it straight from Jesus. Amazing, right? For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, it's incredible that God had a plan before he was even born. Amen. And who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Just side note, sometimes it's good just to hear from God and not consult someone. 
give us some time just to marinate. Just, <laughs> this is what God's saying to me. The amount of Christians I meet and, and you say, what's God doing? Well, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. And I read this book, not the Bible, just a book. You've got to hear from God for yourself. This is, not, this is not weird Christianity. To hear from God for yourself, to, to have a revelation of the gospel for yourself by reading your own word and the Holy Spirit speaking to you is not weird. It's normal. If all your gospel is the gospel you've heard from another man, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you've got to know it for yourself. This is every pastor kid testimony right now. Every pastor's kid testimony. My parents know God. I don't know God. They said this. I have a crisis in my life. I don't actually know if I believe what they believe. I have to find God for myself. I find God for myself. He transforms my life. The rest is history. Yeah? Okay. So, well, I was pleased to reveal the Son to me in order that I might preach him to the Gentiles. Uh, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, who was Peter, and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. It's great that he wrote in the Bible there that he's not lying. <laughs> then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea. This was before Facebook and Instagram. You didn't know what he looked like. You could just slip into a meeting. No one knew who he was. That are in Christ. They were only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us now is preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorify Guy, God, Guy, God, because of me. All that to say tonight that what God has given, no man can take away. I love how uh, the Apostle Paul says, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't made an apostle by a man. The gospel I'm preaching, I didn't get it from a person. I didn't get it from a, a human being. I got it from Jesus himself. God called me to be apostle. God, God chose me. He, he, he called me before the foundation of the world. And so you understand that Paul had, Paul had haters. I don't know if you've read just a few of the books of the Bible. He's sent some pretty letters because there's people coming to the church that are saying, Paul's, he's pretty weak. He acts tough, but in person, he's really weak. He's not a great speaker. He's not a great preacher. So if it was going by man's opinion of whether or not he should be an apostle, According to some people, probably he, he wouldn't have had that title. But he never got the title from man. He got the title from God. Because what has got, been God-given can't be taken away from men, by men. Does this make sense tonight? So your, your God-given gifting, your God-given calling, if you know what it is from God, not from people, if you know what it is from God, you know who you are, you know what you're called to do, no person can take that away from you. Now, if you build that upon what a person said about you, not a good time. Again, again, not a good time. Because even in Jesus' life, he preached a message. He preached one message about drinking his blood. Terrible message. It's actually a really great message because without his blood, we're not clean. But he had thousands of people following him. He preaches this message about you have to drink my blood, eat my flesh. So people get so offended with him. Everyone leaves. There's only 12 dudes that are left with him because they can't go anywhere else because they quit their fisherman job. <laughs> All right? And this guy provides free lunch. <laughs> with the fish and the loaves. So these guys have got, we got nowhere else to go. And so he asked them, are you going to leave me also? But he went from popular to no one's following me in the, metal, in, the, in, the, in the context of one sermon. Now, if Jesus was to base his calling on whether people thought that he was the son of God or not, he would be in big trouble. 
But Jesus knew that he was the Son of God. Jesus knew that he was the Messiah. Jesus knew that he was the anointed one because when he got baptized, the, the, the heavens opened. The voice from heaven from the Father says, This is my beloved Son and who I'm well pleased. Jesus got his identity from God. He didn't get it from the 12 guys that were hanging around with him. They didn't get up every morning and, and have a little team meeting and everyone went around the circle and says, Jesus, I think you're doing really awesome. I definitely believe that you're the Son of God. Then it comes around to John, and John says, hey, you're, you're amazing. You're, you're a great preacher, Jesus. I definitely believe that you are the Son of God. It didn't happen like that, right? This cute kid. So cute. Preach, that's right. But none of that was based, based on what man was saying. It was based on who God is. Amen? So let's just have a look at it. The really quick sermon tonight. What's been God given? Let's just go over a few things that God has given us. God has given us salvation. Amen? Come on. God has given you salvation. You can't have salvation any other way. No person, no human being can give you salvation. Only Jesus Christ can save you. Come on. So if Jesus gave you your salvation, no person can take that away from you. That'll preach this morning. I know it's very basic, but your salvation is in Jesus. Your salvation is not in a person. It's not in the preacher. It's not in the person that led you to the Lord. It's not in a, in a, in a Christian celebrity. Your faith should be in Jesus. You're, the reason that you're saved is because of Jesus and only Jesus and will ever only be Jesus. Jesus has given you salvation. Amen? Jesus has also given you identity. Massive one. We could spend about three weeks on this one. Jesus has given you, God has given you identity. You have to have a God-given identity. You cannot have an identity that comes from people. Guess what? You'll be in identity crisis because your identity will change depending on how you're doing or how someone thinks you're doing or they might see something in you. And this is why I love, I don't love, I have a love-hate relationship. I can see the beauty in it now, but personality tests and I'm this and I'm a type 9737. <laughs> I don't know all of them. I have had them. It's helped me understand a few things, but it is not a box of who I am as a person. I don't run around and introduce myself and say, I'm a type three. You'd be amazed how many people do that because my identity was not given by a personality test. My identity was given from God. So my identity has been given by God. No person can take that away from me. They can come over and say, Corey, you're a type seven. Corey, you have ADHD. Corey, you have this, you have this. And I say, actually, I'm a child of God. <laughs> Amen. Come on, you got to find your identity in God. Your identity is not even what ministry or church you attend. It's not your nationality. It's not your race. It's not your, your, your status, your, your economics. It's not from your family lineage. I'm a Watson, and I love that, but that's not my identity. My identity is that I'm a son. Your identity is that you're a son. You're a daughter of God. That's, that's all that that needs to be, and you need to build your life on that identity, not on all the other ones. Amazes me that when we introduce ourselves, the first thing we want to know is, what do you do? And we say, I'm a. This is what I used to do all the time. What do you do? I'm a builder. Yeah, well, I'm a three. Like what we do defines our identity. So if you ask me again, I'd say, Who, what do you do? I'm a son. You're like, I don't want to talk to that guy. He's weird. <laughs> and I'll say, you can call me weird, but I'm still a son. A weird son. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so he gives you identity, right? You've got to have identity from God. He gives us purpose. 
You need to know your God-given purpose. If you don't have a purpose, guess what? There's a lot of people in the world that will give you one. A lot of people in the world will give you a purpose. You could become a vegan. <laughs> you can have a purpose to save the whales. You can have a purpose to save the planet. You can have a purpose for all kinds of things. Your purpose can be to be, a, to be a parent. Your purpose could be to be successful. Your purpose, there's all kinds of purposes that people would love to give you, but you have to know your God-given purpose. Amen? Because what God gives, no one can take away. If God gives you a purpose, no one can take that purpose from you. This is my purpose. This will continue to be my purpose. I feel like I'm saying purpose a lot, purposefully, on purpose. I am speaking about purpose. Amen. <laughs> Kelly's looking at me like, you're an idiot. Unconditional love. No amen to that one? Well, let's just say love then. But let's just look at what Romans 8 says, because I think it might be unconditional. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Or is it written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered? It's amazing that we can even be killed for our faith and God still loves us. Tell that to your headache next time. God doesn't love me, I've got a headache. God doesn't love me, I've got a flat tire. God doesn't love me, I haven't got a promotion. What if God's love isn't based on how your life's going, but it's based on Jesus, and it's a solid foundation, that if God has given you love, no person can take you away from that. You could choose to walk away, but no person can take the love of God from you. Come on. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Got to build your life upon Jesus' love. God gave us grace. How many know that God gave us grace? How many know the grace of people doesn't last very long? All the married people said, are you married? Oh, you just, <laughs> sorry. You threw me there, bro. You threw me. The grace of God, right? The grace of God. <laughs> I'm gone now. You got me. The grace of God. You got to build your life on the grace of God. Amen. So what God gives you, if God gives you grace, no person can take the grace from you. All right. I don't have three days to go over what grace really is because it's not a license to sin. It's very biblical that it's not a license to sin. It's not, a, not, a, not an excuse to live a sinful life. It actually frees you from sin and actually allows you to live a holy life. That's the grace of God that I know. It's the grace of God that I see in this gospel. Amen? Just you, I'm just going to rattle through the list. Is that okay? Some other things that God gives you is mercy. His mercy is new every day, every morning. Amen? Every day His mercy is new. No one can take God's mercy for you from you because they never gave you mercy to start with. God did. Amen? Eternal life. How many are excited for that? Amazing. I, mean, <laughs> I shouldn't share that story. Should I see it? No, I shouldn't see that story. We were, in, uh, we were talking in junior high. You, if you want to have a great time with your life, get involved in youth ministry. And uh, we were talking about eternal life. And one of the kids says, that's just, that's silly. Like, I can just walk onto a battlefield and get shot and not die? Well, I know eternal life. He thought it was like immortality. Like, like I can't be killed. <laughs> I can't be killed. Anyway, that was a great day in junior high. Amazing. The things you learn, eh? 
the things you learn. So every time he heard the altar call, he was thinking that we were, people were putting up their hand to, to never die. Like, there should be more hands going up than that if that's the case. Uh, praise God. The Bible says that the gifts of God are irrevocable. It's amazing that God gives us gifts, and even when we don't use it for his purposes, he still doesn't take them away. Incredible, amen? He gives us righteousness, the righteousness that comes from God. He gives us holiness. He gives us forgiveness. Another amazing thing that he gives us, especially in these times, is peace. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither, neither let them be afraid. This is incredible that if you can receive the peace that comes from Jesus, the world can't take away the peace that God gives. Now, if you're trying to find peace in the world, the world can take your peace at any moment. If you're trying to find peace in your circumstances and your situations, that can change in a moment and peace is robbed from you. Yeah? All right. So all of that to say, I'm going to go to Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Uh, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and then the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I've written this message completely the wrong way around. But my point of what I'm trying to say tonight is that everything that is God-given is a rock. Everything outside of God is sand. Everything that God gives, we can build upon. Everything God gives, we can build upon. And no matter what comes against us, it cannot be taken. It cannot be taken away. Because when Jesus says that he who hears my words and does it, he's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about his word to you. What God has spoken to you. He could say, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're loved. You're forgiven. You receive that word and you build upon that. No, I'm forgiven. I gave my life to Jesus. I repented of my sin, so I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. So I build my life on the forgiveness that God gave me. Now, if I don't build my life on the forgiveness God gave me, but I build it on forgiveness that a person has showed me, and then all of a sudden they decide that I'm not forgiven anymore, all of a sudden my sandcastle comes crashing down. Because my life wasn't built on God's forgiveness, it was built on the forgiveness of a person. Amen. Everything God says towards us, every, every word that comes from God is a rock that can be built upon. It's just really basic questions. I know it's not a very deep message, but who gave you freedom? Who set you free? The Bible says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Your freedom in life, this is what I love about the gospel, because it doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, what's going on in your life. If Jesus has set you free, you're free. Now, if my, if my freedom is based on my situation, my circumstance, and everyone else getting on board with my life, I'm never going to be free. And if my freedom is based on a program or my freedom is based on anything that's outside of Jesus setting me free, that freedom can be taken from me at any moment. That freedom is built on sand. The wind can come, the waves can come, and great is the downfall of my life when I have put faith in something that is not the Word of God, that is not rock, and I have put it in the opinions of people 
and my foundation that I've built my life upon has been sand. Amen? So who gave you freedom? Who saved you? Who loves you? Come on, who loves you? The Bible says that God loves you. This is another, another great marriage tip. Be loved by God and then love your spouse. <laughs> Be loved by God and then love your spouse. If you build your whole world upon your spouse loving you and one day it doesn't go that well, your whole world can come crashing down. Does this make sense? I'm trying to just want to help people tonight just build their life upon a rock because God is steady. God is stable. God is, God is the rock that cannot be moved. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation stone. He's what we build our life upon because no matter what happens in our life, like Paul said, what, what Paul was listing there is actually things that could happen in our life. Nakedness could come. We could lose our money. We could lose this. We could lose that. This could happen. This could happen. We could be separated. We could be, we could be persecuted. This could happen. This could happen. But what's going to separate us from the love of God? Well, nothing. Because I didn't build the love of God based on all those things. I built up the love of God based on the rock Jesus who said he gave his life for me. And we know what love is because love is when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So this cross will always be a, a representation, a solid rock representation that there's a God who loves you even on your worst day. <sighs> Amen? Okay. God has not stopped being the rock. Amen? Psalms 18, verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. These are all very solid things. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Amen? Acts 4, 11. It says that Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. Yep, there's salvation in no one else. That's going to be hard to say in the coming future, but you should say it because it's true, and God will back it every time. There is salvation in no one else, but there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Come on. The gospel truth lives, uh, sets us free to live life in a stable way. The Bible says that we have received an unshakable kingdom. Come on, that unshakable kingdom is built on an unshakable king, and his name is Jesus. I don't know if this is helping anyone tonight. I don't know if I'm just rambling on. But God is our solid, solid foundation, right? Acceptance or approval from people is a sandy foundation. Super sandy foundation. This is what I wanted to highlight today because I think this is the biggest one for, for us as humans. The Bible talks about it all the time where the Pharisee says, you seek the glory of men, but you don't seek the glory of God. You seek the praises of people, but you don't seek the praises of me. The reality is that if we're living our life on the rock that is Jesus, our life will be stable. I don't know about you, but I want a stable life. I don't, when, sta when I say stable, stable has lost its meaning because people think stable is boring. Stable is not boring. Stable is stable. <laughs> stable is good. Stable is sound. Stable means I can build my life upon it, and no matter what happens, it's not going to come crashing down. If I, why would I want to live my whole life building on a sandy foundation and have this big castle-looking life that can come crumbling down in an instant. That's not the Christian life. I know there's people in this room who could get up and testify of things that have happened in their life, and I'm not preaching doom and gloom, but I'm saying life happens, and if your foundation is not on Jesus, it'll come crashing down 
really hard and really fast. And I don't want to see sandcastles getting washed away by water and waves. If you're in this church, I have a responsibility to let you know that you should be building your life upon what God says and not what people are saying to you. Amen. It's so good that, you know, Jesus comes in one day on a donkey and people are laying down mats and singing Hosanna. Here comes the king, the anointed one, the Messiah. The next couple days, crucify him. (laughs) Crazy, I know. But this is the thing about what we build our life upon. We can't build it upon any other foundation than the foundation that is Christ. Amen. When it comes to your calling, when it comes to everything in this Christian life, your foundation needs to be and has to be Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, I want to bring a slight bit of balance to this message because if you've been hurt by community or people, you might take this message in the wrong way. This is not for us to disconnect from community. This is not a message for us to say, I don't need people. I only need Jesus. 100%. I hear what you're saying, but don't twist that (laughs) for what it's not because God can move through people. God has chosen to move through his body. The body is not just you and Jesus. The body is all of us together as the family of God. It's different churches, it's different ministries, it's every person that calls upon the name of the Lord is part of the body of Christ and you should see them that way. They're your brother, they're your sister. So this is not a message for you to become an island. Say, I have no need for people, I only have my foundation in God and you can just get. (laughs) That's not what we're preaching here this morning, tonight. What day are we? School holidays, I'm gone. (laughs) School holidays. Oh, I need a holiday. Anyway, um, this is not what this is about. This is about this is about us becoming healthy in our foundation, so we can be a blessing to the people around us. This is so that we're not going into a place where we're putting someone in the position of Jesus and looking to them to be our savior and not looking to Him. This is this is, can be the scary part if we don't have a healthy foundation. We, we'll we'll look for another one. We'll look for the person we believe can pray for us. We'll look for the person. Who, who, who can be Jesus to us. But the reality is that you have to get to the place that Paul got, that the revelation that you're living, the relationship you're living, is because you have experienced Jesus for yourself. The decisions you're making is not because the pastor said you should make this decision. It's because you read the Bible and God told you this is the foundation you should build upon. That's the kind of community that we're, look, that we're looking at getting. We're not, we're, not, we're not running around micromanaging people about how they should build. We're trying to point people to the foundation and say, hey, lay the foundation, build upon Jesus. What, what does God say about that? What does God say about that? How, do, how does he feel about that? What would God do? Not what, what I, would I do, what would God do? Well, I don't know if that's relevant anymore. It's always going to be relevant because we live in his kingdom and his kingdom hasn't changed. The world can change. Their foundation can shift and get blown out every couple of years, months and days. But the foundation that is Christ, he, is, he remains He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we build our life upon what God says. Amen. Come on, no one can love you like Jesus can. No one can love you like Jesus can. And it's actually unfair for you to to expect someone in your life to love you like Jesus does. I know that we want to live Christ-like, but 
I'm just saying you, you look to Jesus to be filled with love. If you're going to do that to your spouse and do that to your kids and you're going to get in an unhealthy place, you're going to look for your friends to fill that void, it's going to get weird. They're not your foundation. Jesus is. Come on, no person can encourage you like Jesus can. You want a word of encouragement? Go talk to Jesus. Get one directly from Him. We'll still pray for you. We believe in that. But every good preacher, every good leader is pointing you to Jesus, not pointing you to themselves. Come on, it's got, it's got to remain healthy. We're just signposts to Jesus. We're nothing more than that. No person can fill that void like Jesus can. Come on, no relationship, no amount. Check in the room how many kids we've got in here. No amount of sex. No amount of drugs, no amount of alcohol, no, no amount of fulfillment from anything outside of Jesus is ever going to be the foundation for your life. It's going to be sand. You're going to think you've found something, and then it gets washed away, and you, you crumble because you built your life upon that. People are doing that with their careers. I don't mean you can't have a great career, but if your career is the foundation of your life, and all you want to do is be this, and then that gets taken away, or that gets washed out, or it doesn't go the way you hoped, I don't want to see your life crumble because your foundation wasn't Jesus. Your foundation was your career. No person can give you a purpose like Jesus can. Come on, you can turn up here every Sunday morning. I'll give you a job to do straight away. But you won't get as good a purpose as you get if God gave you one. Come on, God has a purpose for your life. You can't get that from other people. You can only get that from Him. Well, you can get it from other people. You shouldn't. But you can get it from Jesus. Amen. No person can show you who you are like Jesus can. Come on, people are a poor substitute in the area of foundation when it comes to how you live your life. Amen? What I'm really trying to do is just get out of a job, just get you, everyone just living for themselves, <laughs> living for Jesus. And I'm joking. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, I was trying to be funny because I didn't know what else to say. I really should have just shut my mouth and just finished it two minutes ago. But anyway, I said it now and it's on tape and it'll be there forever on the World Wide Web in the cloud. I don't know if that helped anyone tonight, but if you wanted a good message, you should have come this morning. And <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, I, I just really wanted to share the heart of what I believe God was trying to say tonight and it may not have come across as well, but it's all good because we've preached the Word of God. But we need to build our life upon the foundation that is God. And I didn't even bring back my first point, but the point was, if they didn't give it to you, they can't take it from you. If they never gave it to you, they can't take it from you. They can't, people can't rob you of your peace. Situations, circumstances can't rob you of that if they never gave it to you in the first place. So the trick to this whole thing, I don't know if you can say tricks when you're preaching, not really tricks, but the principle of this whole thing is that what God has given, He doesn't take. When God gives, He gives. When He gives you salvation, He gives you salvation. The only way that you're walking out of that is when you say, I don't want it. God never says, I'm giving you salvation, now I'm going to take it away from you. I'm giving it, I'm taking it away, I'm giving it. No, He gives it to you. And if you, if you keep believing in Jesus, and keep living for Jesus and living according to the Word of God, it's going to be yours for all eternity. If you make a decision, no, I don't want it, then it's gone. Not because God took it away, but you said, I don't want it. So what God gives, He doesn't take away. God gives you 
a, a purpose, a calling. God doesn't take that away from you, but you can make a decision to walk out of it. I remember spending time with God and he said to me, Corey, the only way this relationship's ever going to stop is if you make a decision to leave because I ne- said I'm never going to leave you and I'll forsake you. And I thought, oh, wow, that's awesome. So I don't have to worry about his end. I've just got to worry about mine. Incredible. That's the kind of foundation you get to live your life upon. Imagine waking up every day and saying, I'm saved. I'm saved because Jesus said I'm saved and I gave my life to him and I'm saved. Incredible. And that's never going to change unless I make a decision to walk out. And I don't want to walk out because there's nothing else for me because I tried, nothing there. I'm like the 12 disciples who want to hang out with Jesus. I've got nowhere else to go. I don't have a plan B. I've only got Jesus. That's the way I like it. I've got nothing to fall back on, nowhere else to go, nothing else to try. It's Jesus and only Jesus. And he's a foundation that I know will always be there. Regardless of where this world goes, what happens in my life, he will always be there because he is the rock of ages. Amen. God, just say,